The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I've got Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is Dave Lesher, the head of Cal Matters, a former Los Angeles Times reporter many years, and a number of other things here. Very few people know the Capitol better than Dave Lesher, so we've got him here uh, as a captive audience to pick his brains and find out what's going on. So, And we can find out what is Calmet. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> we teed up that question. Wonderful. Well, Cal Matters started about 18 months ago, uh, summer of 2015. It is a response to the changes in the media, you know, the, the, the diminished coverage of state State issues, especially, you know, there's there's uh, coverage of the national level. There's coverage of the local level. Media overall is shrinking, but really the state level is more more impacted than most places. Yeah. So Cal Matters is uh, uh, works with newspapers and radio stations around the state to complement what they do already, not to duplicate it. So we cover issues in Sacramento, issues that happen at the state level. We cover environment, education, health and welfare, politics, fiscal issues, and a lot of other things too. We have a team of uh, very experienced reporters that are hired from a lot of the top media around the state. I know, we've been very jealous of your <laughs> staff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tremendous staff, so... Um, and we'll fix that. We'll <laughs> fix that. Okay. So now you, but you write these stories and and produce them, and then you make them available to other media entities. Yeah, our stories run in more than forty newspapers around the state, and uh, and they run on uh, public radio stations around the state as well. So uh, it's pretty big reach uh, in terms of audience, uh, print and broadcast. And then in addition, they're on our our website at calmatters.org. Uh, and, you know, we've focused in the first 18 months, it was really putting together the really good team and developing the relationship with all of the media around the state, which it takes a lot of work. Um, and then we're now starting to focus on, you know, developing more of our online audience uh, for the website and for a lot of the other tools that, um, storytelling tools. Are you seeing any preferences from the from the papers or the stations, what kinds of stories they like, they like issue-wise. Like they like environmental stories, um, infrastructure, money, budget. They like local, local, local. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, that's, they like environmental stories. Definitely there's a big audience yeah. for environmental stories. There's also a, an audience for education stories, especially. Um, but, you know, really it helps a lot. Uh, the local media want local examples of these oh, issues. Yeah. So so that's something we've worked with them to try and accommodate. To sort of localize it, give them yeah. a, a local angle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like when we do a story, we're doing a story right, right now about in education about the local control funding formula. Yeah. Wonky, wonky topic. But, you know, it's the biggest change in education policy in a generation. It's how we distribute $75 billion a year uh, it was redone in a way to try and close the education achievement gap. Yeah. So it's huge, and it does have a huge impact on s schools all over the state. But when you do a story like that, you know every every media wants to go know what does that mean right. for my school. Totally. We actually yeah. ran into that ourselves a couple of years ago. We were doing uh, similar stuff, local coverage basically from here. Stories that a local paper, in this case, was Santa Rosa, would like. And what we found was that it was it's so much more difficult to do the local story, localize it with detail, and 
you know, draw that out than it is to do a statewide story where you can do something that affects just about everybody generally from 30,000 feet up and you can talk to a few people and get a pretty good story whereas right. localizing it takes a lot more work. Yeah, it it's does really take work. It's really not yeah. that easy. Yeah. yeah, it's important though. I mean, you know, it's got to be relative, relevant for the audience. You've been doing this now for 18 months. You've been publishing for over a year. What story, what Calmetter story got the most, what has been the biggest story you guys have done? Um, you know, it's a good, so we had one, we had a story about education accountability that, uh, the governor, there was an interview with the governor and, um, bastard, you, you know, got an interview he, with the governor. Yeah. <laughs> you can take that out. <laughs> and he said something that, you know, just struck a nerve with, uh, uh, you know, some of the audience, some of the education audience around mm -hmm. education accountability. And there was, it turned into hearings, uh, uh, in the Capitol or it was brought up during hearings. There was a grassroots kind of letters written and, and things like that. So in it, um, it was interesting to us cause, uh, all we did was publish the Q and A of the governor. We, it wasn't even the story that got the reaction and it was just published online. It wasn't published in in newspapers um it was what we call open reporting you know we we kind of post yeah. some things that we find during the reporting process and that was an example of uh something that had pretty good impact in terms of the uh legislative process uh even though it was wasn't even a story it was just a q and a and if you know if we had just put that quote in the story i'm not sure it might have got diminished or diluted a bit more Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was a good learning experience for us. So we've really um, we're still developing our open reporting and trying to you know I think it's a transparency for the media today is what's needed to encourage trust. It's good you know yeah. you know that we idea. here we are we are trying to find uh, do a fair and accurate and complete story. So not only do we have nothing to hide, we want to show people what we're doing and gather more information during the reporting process. So. Um, so yeah, we're trying to have as much of a dialogue during the reporting process as we can, and that was part of it, and that was a good example of the proof of concept that you can have impact during that process. Now, who are some models? I know uh, was the Center for Investigative Reporting did a similar type of thing. Who are some of the other models you guys are, are thinking of as? Uh, well, you know, the Knight Foundation does a, a lot of work with a lot of the nonprofit sector like us and and the institute for nonprofit news um but they do a, a study every couple of years about all the nonprofit media and it's really a developing national you know sector uh there's the in their study there's about two dozen uh nonprofit media that they take a look at around the country um texas tribune is probably the mm -hmm. biggest one uh at the state level especially um but they do a, they do they've been around about 10 years um, they're really innovative. They were sort of the yeah. first ones out of the box, or at least one of the big ones out of the box that seemed to make it yeah. work. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, ProPublica is a little bit similar, aren't they? ProPublica is it's a little bit of a different model, but it's, yeah, it's it's very big and successful and, and very high quality, you know, and very much uh, similar to us in that they share, they do yeah. projects that they share with other media. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, and then CIR and ProPublica, you know, I know, on their, on their website, has a, uh, they have a statement of how if you want to use their copy, you can use their copy. Steal we, Our Story. Steal our, that was it, Steal Our <laughs> yeah. Story. And uh, whenever catchy. I see Steal Our Story, it immediately catches my eye. So yeah. I went there to steal the story, and it was actually fairly easy. It was, uh, you can use the copy, keep the original editing the way it is, keep the links, 
Yeah. Um, if some of the minor stuff doesn't fit your format, we use a WordPress format at Capital Weekly. Some of it didn't, but yeah. most of it did, and we were delighted to have it. Yeah. But the, the, uh, on the other side of the coin, they do nationally driven stuff more than California. They have done some California right. stuff. Right, right. Uh, and, um, and we've we've started recently to collaborate with media around different specific projects. I mean, right now we're doing a, a project with the Los Angeles Times and Capital Public Radio mm-hmm. about the state's pension debt, and we're about four months into that project, and it's going very well. But you know, part of these are all national trends. Collaborate media collaborating with other media on big projects because nobody has the capacity to do them as well as they used to all by themselves. Yeah. And you know, the nonprofit sector coming in and and supplementing the for-profit media, yeah. especially around topics that take expertise and time to do. You know, and so will there be a section here on guys and their people in their sixties who can qualify for a pension that don't have one yet? I just I want to read that. <laughs> Purely, no relation to anything. Um, As far as funding, how do how are you guys funded? I know with us, we we have sponsorships and underwriting, and then we also do on you know every day of the week. We basically are sending out pitches asking people to give us ten twenty dollars, and they sometimes do. We grovel too. Yeah, we're getting good at that. A lot of problems. We're very good at that. But you guys, uh, how is what is your model? Like, how are you funded? What is your like longevity plan? So our, you know, our model, we're about 90% funded by individual wealthy donors uh, and uh, about 10% by foundations. And, you know, I mean, if you look at the nonprofit media nationally, that's almost the the opposite. I mean, it's about 80-20 foundations Mm. for a lot of these um, models. Um, For us, you know, we were really founded and inspired by um, donors who recognize the lack of coverage on major issues in in a big state like California, and so they made an a, an original significant investment, and then they've been very uh, active and prominent in you know reaching out to other donors too. So it's really been uh, kind of like I say an individual level uh, uh, connection and an ambition uh, so far, and you know. The foundations are coming on board, but they take a little bit more time. But uh, I think there's a lot of room for growth there. Do you think readers have more of a trust, a greater trust in uh, news generated by nonprofits as opposed to news generated by conventional news outlets? We hear all this debate now about fake news and about advocacy journalism and uh, going to who you agree with to get your information. The nonprofit yeah. seems more even-handed than that. Do you? I hope so. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the whole media sector is going through this trust equation now yeah. in a way that it hasn't. And, you know, whether nonprofits, you know, ha- are, are received differently than, than yeah. for-profit traditional media, I haven't, I don't know yet. You know, I mean, there's always, you know, there's always a... Everybody always wonders where the money came from, and you know, yeah. in traditional media, it's advertisers, you know, and yeah. and uh, and for us, it's donors, and they're the you know, when we do a controversial story, obviously, people look at our donors and yeah. whether we're okay. Is this a legitimate, unbiased yeah. site? And you know, all of our donors are on our website. We have all of our donors sign a statement that was put out by the Institute for Nonprofit News about the independence of the editorial product. Really, that, that's yeah, great. They don't. There is no say, none at all, from our for our donors into in our editorial. 
work. Um, and, you know, I mean, we've got our our whole team comes from experienced trained journalists in, in, you know, objective, independent media. And you look at our board of directors, you know, Tony Ritter, the former CEO of the Ritter uh, chain um, of night and... Um, you know, Gregory Fobb, former Sacramento mm-hmm. Bee editor, uh, Leo Walensky, former managing editor of the LA Times, yeah. you know, and, and others uh, who have a lot of depth in journalism and traditional independent objective journalism. And, you know, the idea that this would be somehow a bias site would not ever happen with that kind of a staff. So, And now, you actually do have some experience with the nonprofit media source because you actually, I met you when you worked at the California Journal. Right. And so... That was 12, 12 or 13, 14 wow. years ago. God, you guys are really <laughs> old. Yeah, no idea. John would know old. Yeah. Um, Civil War vet John Howard. Yeah. Uh, but how has that changed? I mean, that was a lifetime ago in terms of media coverage and the way we all consume media. How has how has the nonprofit world changed since you were at the print publication California Journal? which was a nonprofit, to now when you're basically a digital media nonprofit. Well, back at the California Journal, when I were there, we were trying to get uh, raise money for it, but it was privately owned. Oh, it was still, it had yeah. not transitioned yet. Yeah, okay. so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a nonprofit model yet. We were trying to get it to become that. Got and it. If I knew that it what going I back know and now, forth. <laughs> yeah. I, that was, I, unfortunately, I was still learning the, the world then, and, and we got a lot done. We did get some grants from some foundations, but it it was it was too little too late for the owner to hang on to it. Yeah. Hey, we got three California Journal alumni here. Hey. True. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the last three standing or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. Somewhere AG Block is filling his uh, <laughs> if he's even listening in, you know. Yeah, he's um, moving from from specifically the uh, the structure of CalMatter, so the, what you're seeing here as a as a newsie. Yeah. Uh, what I hear from everybody, the first topic of conversation in our office, too, in the morning when we get together and talk, but outside is what is going on with the Trump administration and what it, does it mean for California? Do you have any grand and noble, insightful thoughts about that? Well, we can edit this out. If yeah, you don't. <laughs> there's no shortage of things, that's for sure. I mean, it's the, it is something that... You know, you every morning I wake up and want to look at the news just because you know you know there's going to be something that you know, but you don't know what it is, and so so it feels like you know there's a lot happening, there's a a lot of uncertainty, and you you know especially for something like California, you, there's there's a high expectation that a lot of big things are going to happen, but a lot of those big things haven't happened yet, and so and yeah, yeah. whether they, you know, and you know how what actually you know, is implemented, what gets held up in courts or in, in legislation yeah. and what actually makes it through in budget cuts or whatever, there is still so much uncertainty. And You know, a lot you know, of people worry about um, our earlier, our original publisher, Arnold York, he told me one time, he said, look, don't worry, stop sweating things, don't worry about things that haven't happened yet and may yeah. never happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. thing is, you can't help it. You yeah. Wind, you know, you wind up doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I feel like California has some big issues coming into this year on the table, you know, affordable housing the legislature really want to deal with, transportation is huge, uh, some other things, you know, this is Brown's real last year before the yeah, election, yeah, and, yeah. you know, there's a lot to do with water and the environment still, and, you know, it, it feels like, uh, the elephant in the room yeah. <laughs> is oh, yeah. kind of suck the air out of a lot of these conversations, and you know because if 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 Obamacare is repealed, 
you know, that's billions of dollars lost to the yeah. state. Yeah. You know, I mean, it changes everything that that's under consideration, yeah. let alone, you know, and, and similarly with the just the discussion about the... Uh, uh, the fuel efficiency standards for cars and whether that is remains in place or whether California can get a waiver, it changes everything for what the state's thinking mm -hmm. in terms of environmental goals. Well, you know, so, I, I noticed in the budget, um, as proposed, a couple of days ago I read the uh, uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture was facing big cuts. And immediately I'm thinking of California with its vast farm, you know, agricultural industry. Fresno County, I think, is still the number one farm county in terms of farm receipts in the United States. Yeah. It's just huge out here. So I've got to think in the Central Valley, in areas that may have even supported Trump, maybe in the farm community, they did because they oppose maybe Obama administration environmental policies, for example. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe if they see these cuts that could affect their own industry, they're still going to support him. You were talking earlier, Tim, about uh, you know regrets about people yeah. having, you know, a second thoughts about it. Local Sacramento writer Aaron yeah. Carnes just did an article for Playboy about interviewing people who had voted for Trump and now regretted it. It's a pretty good article. Worth, yeah. worth a read. Shout out to Playboy there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wondered if buyers, if you're picking up on any buyer's remorse out there from, if you're, you know, you're dealing with newspapers around the state, if you're, if, if you're feeling, getting that feedback from them or no. Yeah, or, not, I, I haven't seen that yet. You know, we, we did start uh, a, a, we call it internally a Trump tracker, but California oh, yeah, yeah. versus Trump and trying to track all the developments across all the different topics because, you know, we're one of the few media that cover the state whole, as a whole. Mm -hmm. And um, so to try and be a place where you could go and find out what actually is happening from all the stuff you're hearing about. But, you know, there's a lot there. But, you know, it's there, there's... I think there's four big areas. Healthcare, what happens there? Yeah. Environment is is you know California's deep and long investment in this at risk. Uh, immigration, obviously, we are ground zero for a lot of the policies. Yeah. Uh, and then trade, you know, the you know the if there's significant change in trade, like there is discussion, um, then we we're disproportionately affected. So there's those four areas. But then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> so marijuana, know. the marijuana legalization, marijuana, which we just passed. Gun and control, you yeah. know, the, uh, and the budget cuts that were just announced. You know, yeah. you know, there's there's subsidies for, you know, environmental protection in the Bay or, uh, you know, for Section 8 affordable housing or, you know, a whole bunch of little stuff. Not little, yeah. but Actually, sure. yeah, Planned yeah. Parenthood, you know, uh, you know, 97. Completely defunded. You know, I saw, yeah. um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it was Bloomberg had a list of 80 agencies in their entirety that would be defunded. Planned Parenthood was one. NPR yeah. was another Corporation one. Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Yeah. How, how many years have they put together, tried to put together funding for that and keep it going and then yeah. have it right yeah. last? I don't know if the budget would actually take effect in this form, I guess, not. I guess pieces of this are probably dead on arrival. I don't know how that budget yeah, process Yeah, well, this is one of those works, things, should you worry about it before it's happening? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess forearmed is prepared, right? right. Forewarned is forearmed or something. Right. So, uh, uh, How about um, uh, the Brown administration vis-a-vis Trump? I, and Hector Becerra, uh, you know, was appointed as attorney general. He's going to be facing... Appointee election, Xavier. Uh, Xavier, excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, but I wonder, would he be? Uh, uh, is he on the hot seat right now? Do you see he's getting a lot of attention? But is he? Yeah, I you know I wouldn't call it a hot seat. I I think it's a, just a huge great platform for him. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a potential to be a national platform. It's a potential for whatever he wants to do next, yeah. U.S. Senate or governor or who knows what. Yeah. Um, 
but it you know I, I do think I think there is some discussion right now about whether he why he hasn't been more aggressive than he has uh-huh. you know I mean other states the attorney general in Washington state for example has been taking the lead on the national news and for because of filing the yeah. the lawsuits against Trump's um, uh, travel ban uh, you know That's a good point and you know California became part of those suits but you know. That's not Xavier Bracera yeah. on the national television. Signing and, on know. after the fact isn't the same, right? As, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and and so you know, I think it is. Uh, you know, so California is a little bit, you know, hot and cold about how it's treating Trump. Yeah. You know, there's there's some who are being very aggressive and and a lot of rhetoric and a lot of action, and then you know, I think the brown the governor has had yeah. a couple of blips, but mostly it's been uh, holding. The yeah, power. he's mostly laid back. That's true, and he actually yeah. said that. You know, just kind of lower the temperature, in effect, and said those weren't his exact words, but lower the temperature, let's see yeah. what happens, play it as it weighs. It's sort of the old cunning politician giving some sage advice. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, well, Tim has made that secret signal that means we should wind this up. So, Dave Usher, thank you very much for being here. Absolutely. We really thank enjoyed you it. Guys Tim, for the thank invitation. You. It's thank good you, to yeah. see you. And yeah. this is John Howard. We'll see you next time around. Thanks again.